0: But what's your love language? Has everyone taken the profile? Raise your hand if you've done this, if you have followed the instructions. Very good. Look at you guys. So all of you, if Jesus returns right now, you can go to heaven. Uh, the rest of you, you have to fill out a quick profile first, and then we'll see about that. Of course, I'm joking. I hope if you haven't yet, you will take the time to take the online profile to see what your five love languages is. If you haven't been with us lately, we've been talking about the five love languages and the reason we're doing that is it's really simple, for, really for a couple of reasons. One, uh, this is part of what we're doing with our, our children's ministry and youth ministry uh, to encourage families and children to learn uh, each other's love languages and how we can raise our kids even better and, and be in tune with them, to help them have a, a lasting and growing relationship with Jesus Christ. But it's also for us as a church to think about this simple idea that Jesus said, there were two things that mattered more than anything else, and those were simply this, that we love the Lord our God with all, all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then that we love each other, that we love our neighbor as ourselves. So what would happen if we spent some real time trying to learn how to love each other better? We spend a lot of time talking about loving God and loving him better and how we can grow in our relationship with him, and that's incredibly important. We don't spend as much time, I don't think, in this train of thought of how can I understand you? How can I get to know you? How can I, how can I learn to love you more? Because that is truly the heart and the desire of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So what if we did that? Today, we're gonna to talk about another one of those love languages. If you've missed any of, of these over the past few weeks, I would encourage you to go back and listen online. Jason did an incredible job last week talking about receiving gifts, and Jackie reports that he's doing much better in that area. So uh, that's the real reason I was away last week, but I do appreciate Jason doing that. Thanks, man. Um, today, we're gonna to talk about acts of service, but before we do, I wanna ask you this question. What, when, when was the last time Just dial it back in your mind When was the last time that you remember Putting yourself second in a significant way For some of you this may have been this morning Or last night or this past week But think about it When was the last time That you can remember putting yourself second In a significant way And if that's hard to think about Let me me break it down for you this way When was the last time You rearranged your schedule To help someone Or maybe this When was the last time you rearranged your finances to help someone? When was the last time you didn't want to go, you didn't want to do it, it really wasn't something that, that you had a huge desire to be a part of, it was way outside of your comfort zone, but you went anyway, you showed up, you were there, you were present, you did what was asked of you, and you were in the moment for the sake of someone else. When was the last time that you, in love and humility, put yourself second in a significant way? I think for those of us who are followers of Jesus, this is really, really important. This is like, this should be part of our DNA. It's who we are because we try to follow the example of Christ. And if you're here this morning and for whatever reason you're not a follower of Christ, you came because your mom came and you're here and it's a great day and so you want to be here with her, I want you to know you're off the hook. Like, this isn't required of you. This isn't asked of you. But for those of us who follow Jesus, it's something that, that we bought into, that this is the way that we do life. And you may do life this way if you don't follow Jesus, because you found what we found, that when you, when you give yourself away, it's, it's when you feel like you're most alive. It's when, it's when you, 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 you lose yourself that you find yourself. It's when, it's when you, you, you give yourself away, right? It's when you put yourself second that you find yourself coming out on top. It's just true. It's true because it's one of God's truths. It's true in the world and it's certainly true in the church. And we, as followers of Jesus, this is what we believe that when we give ourselves away is when we truly live. And we do that because that is the example of christ that is the supreme example of christ that when we give ourselves away when we sacrifice ourselves and that should be true of every follower of jesus it's no different this morning when we were walking into church someone stopped us and they were like your kids they have your eyes i'm like yeah isn't that cool i love that it's the same color it's the same shape whatever you know those are those are undeniable marks that my kids belong to me you know and I love that, that we have that in common. The same is true of us who follow Jesus. This should be one of those, those, those characteristics, those traits that all of us have in common with each other and with God because it reflects the identity of Jesus. It marks who we are and who we belong to. This is who we are as followers of Jesus, people who continually put ourselves second and sacrifice ourselves for the sake of others because this is the example of Christ. Now, I want to show you a short video about a minute 20 long. Maybe the strangest thing I'm ever going to show in church, but just bear with me. I saw this it was on National Geographic. If you go ahead and roll that video, you'll see uh, in this video, uh, there's an elephant who's having a little bit of trouble. How many of you have seen this video before? A few of you maybe it went on Facebook, I don't know. Yeah, here's an elephant. Her, her name is Leah. Uh, she's a baby elephant, if you didn't know that. And somehow she got down in this pit, and she's struggling to get out. And it's clear that she can't get out under her own power. And I kept thinking as I watched this, is like, who is filming this video? Put the camera down. Go help the baby elephant. Then I realized, what could anyone do to help an elephant out of a pit? You can't push it. You can't pull it. They're too big. They're enormous. There's nothing anyone could do. And it, it, the situation seems helpless, doesn't it? All of you, your hearts are sinking right now. Except that if you notice... In the distance, in the corner of the screen, there's another elephant that sees the problem. And thankfully, it's on the way to help. Rescue is coming. Do you feel the anticipation building in your hearts right now? I see you scooting to the edge of your seats. It's amazing. This elephant's coming, and you you may think they're going to, like, reach out and interlock trunks and try to pull the baby elephant out. But it doesn't. The elephant, what does the elephant do? I love this. It gets down into the pit with the baby elephant and then gets behind it and wait for it. Yeah, there you go. Where are my teenagers at? Aw, yeah. Going to push the baby elephant out and the world is going to be okay. Right? (laughs) Amazing. Now, this may sound strange, but I think this is what people who speak the love language of acts of service do. They get down into the pit with us when we're in the middle of the muck and the mess. And they are the ones who help us out. Like this is part of their DNA. This is part of their nature. Those of you who this is your primary love language, this is what you do. This is why we love you. Because when we need you, you're the first to show up. And you're not afraid to get down to the middle of the pit, in the middle of the hole, or wherever we are. And to be with us. And to help us out. I love that. Uh, every week we've invited someone to the stage who, who, who has this love language, who speaks this love language as their primary love language. So I'm going to invite my friend uh, Lanilia Remet to come on stage. Uh, Lanilia speaks the love language of acts of service, and um, I do not. And so <laughs> I wanted to ask her to come up and talk with us for a few minutes about this love language and how it works for her. And so Lanilia, thank you for being here with us today. You need a mic, yes. Uh, Hiram, can you hand me that mic? I'm so sorry, I forgot that. Thank you, sir. Fantastic. Well, LaMilia, I know you speak the love language of acts of service. We've talked about this uh, over email. Um, can you share with us like how this love language works for you, like how it makes you feel loved when someone performs an acts of service for you or, or, or maybe how you, you feel like you're loving someone when you do this for others? Can you speak into that for us a little bit?
1: First of all, I have my glasses, and I have big print in case I forgot my glasses. <laughs> unlike like Bob.
0: She's looking at Bob. I'm looking at Bob, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, When somebody performs an extra service for me, um, it means the world to me because it means they value me and they validate me. And they speak, even if they don't speak my language, the fact that they went out of their way to do something for me, speaking my love language means the world to me. When I, I obviously, extra service is my love language. Um, As most of you know, uh, we lost our son. He took his own life seven years ago in June and didn't know what trajectory my life was going to take. And because I have access service, I really wanted to find out what what I could do to help others. So four years ago, I started um, facilitating a support group for loved ones who experienced the same situation as me. And one of the things I want to do is instill hope in all those families that they're going to be able to survive probably the worst day of their life and that they're going to eventually feel hope and hopefully joy. And recently I received an email from one of the moms who lost her son two years ago, and I think she said it better than I can. You give us all hope for less sadness and even joy in our future. That's why I do it. And, you know, it, it's kind of what I think Jackie said she was embarrassed that her love language was giving, that she liked to, like to give, have people give her things. And in a way, acts of service, you, you don't want to let people know or feel like you're bragging because you're really not doing it to get any kind of attention. It's just who you are, and you just want to help people.
0: It's awesome, and I love the way that you have used that to help so many people, and I've, I've gotten to see just a, a little bit of that, but it's an amazing way that you serve others. Can you think of a time recently where someone served you, and it really did make you feel appreciated or valued? Can you speak into that? Maybe share have, a story.
1: I have a couple of examples. Uh, we had our women's retreat a few weeks ago, and Sherry Potter wanted to do a service project, and... Our service project this year was to actually create 50 kits for the families that I work with who have lost loved ones. And I cannot tell you how much it meant to me to have all these women get together, and then we put together the packets, and I gave them to the, the facilitator of our uh, uh, loss group. And he was thrilled. He said, that will take care of um, packets for an entire year. Wow. So, and I do appreciate that. And then um, to talk a little bit about my husband, to brag on him, um, the littlest things make a big difference to me. When I get in my car and my tank is full of gas, I hate to put gas in my car. That I mean, he's speaking my love language, and I never – I love him so much when he does that. I also have been traveling a lot, and I, when I came home last week, the laundry was done and my car was washed. It looked fantastic. Wow. So he is always doing little things around the house that mean so much to me. If he put flowers on the on the kitchen counter – and the laundry wasn't done, he isn't speaking my love language. So he knows me, and, and I really appreciate that. Although he can still give me a gift today. I think I deserve it.
0: I, I see him videoing this, and I think it's for his own sake, to make sure he has this on tape. <laughs> exactly. You know? for,
1: with, yeah, he'll have evidence that I, That's right. I appreciate him.
0: That's great. Uh, one of the things that I'm really intrigued about, and we've talked about this every week, is you know, how does this love language, how does it help you feel loved by God? Like, how does that, have you thought about that a little bit?
1: I feel like I've been blessed with the, the um, acts of service. And in a way, I feel like I'm cheating because if it's not your gift, it's a little bit hard to put yourself out there. And it's easier for me to do that. Yeah. And we are commanded to be the feet and hands of Jesus. And I feel like that an acts of service person, you know, Jesus was the ultimate servant. Mm. So if we we can be a good example and help others and, and be the slightest, um, uh, person I mean, Jesus was the, was perfection. And uh, the song that we just listened to or are saying was, I give myself a way for you to use me. And I think God is using me, hmm. um, in the best way that, that, um, I can be used.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Lanelia. thank you. I know, I know just a little bit about what you do for others. And, and I know if, if anyone here doesn't know Lanelia and you need someone to talk to you about some of these things, I know she would love to serve you in that way. Cause that is Her love language, and she loves to help and support people in that way. But thank you. I know it's I know it's your nature, but thank you, thank you for taking that and for using that in a way that blesses this church, blesses our community, and and glorifies God. We we're thankful. Thank you. Some of you 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 speak this love language naturally, like Lanilia and. It really is a blessing. It's a blessing to this church. It is a blessing to our community. It's a blessing to those you work with, that you go to school with. It's a blessing to those that you're around because it's in your nature to serve. It's in your nature to put yourself second and to look first to the needs of others. And, And I think it's one of those beautiful expressions of the love of God. But it's not natural for a lot of us. And I think it's important in the middle of, of each of these to, to pause for a moment and think about just a simple idea of what is it? What's, what's the greatest barrier that keeps us from serving each other? And, and for those of us who believe in Jesus and are followers of Jesus and call ourselves by his name, what's the greatest barrier that keeps us from, from serving each other the way Christ has served us? What's the greatest barrier that keeps us from loving each other the way Christ has loved us? Is it pride pride? Is it selfishness? Is it some desire for power and position, control? Are we just lazy? We don't want to do it because we're just more consumed with what we want to do and don't want to get off the couch to help out somebody else? What is it? What is it? Now, I don't want to be critical of our culture because our culture is our culture, but you know this, that we live in a very me-centric, self-centered, self-focused culture it's just it's just the way it is we live in a world in a society where the dominant value is entitlement and wanting things my way right away and if I don't get things my way right away if I don't get what I deserve what I I feel like I'm entitled to then it's my right to then complain on social media as loudly as I can for as long as I can until someone fixes my problem that's kind of the world that we live in right now it's a little bit of a crazy upside down world and you know this too, and this is, this is a hard reality, but it's, it's good to just acknowledge it, that this creeps into church, right? And so all across you know the country in churches all across the land, there are people who are walking into church and they have this very me-centric, self-centered view of church. And so if, if the church doesn't sing the songs that they like or if they don't stand or sit or whatever we do as long as we want to do it, and what happens is people will end up leaving that church or leaving those churches because things aren't the way that they like them. And, and they'll even trade in incredibly long relational, you know, relationships because things all of a sudden aren't the way they like it anymore. And, and, and that's okay, but it's, it is. We have to acknowledge it's a little bit of a me-centric, self-centered view of, of church and you know, it's long been said that the gravitational pull of the local church is towards the inside. And if that's true, then the gravitational pull of every church, of this church, of any church, is towards, is towards itself. But the gravitational pull of Christ is always towards others. One look at the life of Jesus. The gravitational pull of Jesus is always towards the outside. It's always towards helping others. And I think it's a powerful reminder for us to think about, well, what would life look like if I loved you enough to set aside my preferences, to set aside my desires and my wants, and I put myself second, and I thought of you before I thought of myself? What would it look like for a church to love its neighborhood, its community so much that we set aside our preferences and our desires and what we wanted for the sake of our neighborhood? What if we were known in this community and and in the communities around here as a church that loved our neighborhood so well that we were known by our love and in fact it makes me think about the time when Jesus said they will know you're my disciples not because you got it right or because you did this or that it's because of your love what would it look like for the people that you work with or go to school with or live next door to you for them to know you for your love that you're a person that Constantly and consistently puts yourself second and looks out for the needs and interests of others. There's no greater example of this than Jesus. When you think about someone who literally (laughs) lowered himself, literally put himself second for the sake of others, there's no greater example than Jesus. And there there may be no better place to to read about this and to see this in, in short form than In Philippians two, if you have a Bible or device, if you want to turn that on or open that up to Philippians two, we're going to look at verses one through eleven just for a moment. It's here that a man by the name of Paul writes a letter to a church in a city called Philippi. And if you don't know much about Paul, once upon a time Paul thought of himself better than everybody else. Paul was 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 on the ladder. He was he was climbing the ladder of success, and he was known all around because of his achievements, because of who he had learned under, because of, of 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 all of his accomplishments. He was known as someone who was powerful and prestigious. But then he met Jesus. And Jesus changed everything for Paul. Literally turned his life upside down. And when Paul began to think about the church and began to think about Jesus, he wrote these words. And I want us to just look at them for a moment this morning. Philippians 2 verse 1, Paul said this. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Is there... Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender? This is a good question. You need to answer this. Are your, is your heart tender and compassionate? If any of that is true, then make me truly happy. How? This is going to be bold, but I want you to hear Paul's words. By agreeing wholeheartedly. Literally, being of the same mind with each other. And loving one another and working together, again, with one mind and purpose. Two times here in the first two verses, Paul has used the same exact word. Decided that we should have the exact same mind. That we should all agree on this very specific and very important thing. And it seems crazy, especially in the world today, that any of us could agree on anything. But Paul says, we must agree on this. What? On this. Verse 3. Don't be selfish don't be selfish just don't do it don't try to impress others be humble think of others as better than yourselves don't look out only for your own interest but take an interest in others too this this is how we riverside should be this is how we should live that every day over and over again we consistently and constantly put others ahead of ourselves that we always come second that we always look to the interest of others first that we're never selfish or self-centered in anything and if we catch ourselves we stop and we repent because that is not the heart of christ And why does Paul call us to this? Paul's got a big reason why, and I want you to hear it. And it's beautifully written, and I'll read it in verses 5 through 11. When he said this, you must have the same attitude. Again, the third time here, literally the word mind, the same disposition, the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. This was his mind. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave, was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God The Father. Why do we love? Why do we serve? What's our motivation for everything we do? Christ and Him crucified. Can you imagine anything more humble than for God to become human? Can you imagine anything more humble than for for the uncontainable God to be contained in human skin? For the God who before had known no bounds now couldn't walk across the room. He had to be carried. The God who never wanted for anything now had to be fed. This is the humility of Jesus. The humbleness of our God. That he would come from heaven to earth. Why do we love? Why do we serve? Because Christ loved. Because Christ served. And not only that, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this. I think we've talked about it before, but I just can't even get over it. Not only did Christ serve us when he came, when he lived, when he died, when he was buried, when he was resurrected. Christ serves us still. You know this is true. If you didn't, why would you pray? We pray because we ask things of Christ. And Christ is eager to hear those requests because Christ, even now, longs to serve you and to serve me. We serve a risen Savior who is still the servant king. And in this moment, as we gather in this place, Christ is longing to minister to you and to me. Does that not just blow your mind? that we serve a Savior who serves us still, who longs to serve us still. And if Christ, who gave us everything, if Christ, who humbled himself, who left the throne room of heaven to come to earth, who died on a criminal's death on a cross and then was raised, if Christ, who literally gave up everything for you and me, should we not, church, should we not give up everything to serve each other, To love the way Christ loves us. Oh, man. It's a powerful truth. And here's what I believe. I believe as long as you put yourself first, you can never really, truly love another. As long as you put yourself first, you were in no position To love another, because if you love yourself first, if you put yourself first, you have no room to love another. The example of Christ, the truth of Christ, is that to love another is to ultimately and to always put yourself second. This is what it is. This is what it is to love another person. It is to to put yourself second. I've said this before, and I believe this is so true. We are never more like Christ than when we serve. Because the the absolute, the absolute definition of love is Christ on the cross. Christ putting Himself second for us. Christ lowering Himself. Christ humbling Himself. Christ humiliating Himself for the sake of you and me, so that you and I might, might come to know the unbelievable, unconditional, unrelentless, unyielding, unending love of God the Father. To really love another is to put yourself second this is what love is this is what love is this is what love is to put yourself second and so i really have a simple challenge for you now this week and it should be easy today on Mother's Day. And by the way, isn't it just amazing that the way God lined out this series that we're talking about acts of service on Mother's Day? I mean, who 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 better knows this than moms? Mom always put themselves second. They, they're always the last at the supper table. They always, you know, they, they 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 know where that one thing is you lost that no one else can know where it is. They're like, oh yeah, it's on that bench in that box under that table. They just have this unbelievable, you know, ability to know these crazy things. Moms are the definition of acts of service. They just. Whether they speak it or not, they they live it every day. But this week, my challenge for you is to find a way in humility to serve someone else in love. To this week, humble yourself and do something for someone else in love. Because this may not be your primary love language, but this love language communicates love to everyone. Whenever you, whenever you do for someone else, in humility, in love, it communicates love. Take a look at the cross, and we've, we see love, we experience love, we know love. Because on the cross, we see Christ who humbled himself for us and died for us. And this is what love is. Real love, true love, the love of Christ It's not even just humbling yourself. It's not just loving someone in humility, but it's loving someone in humility and then doing something for them that they can't do for themselves because this is exactly what Christ did for us. You and I, when we stand before a holy and perfect God, we have nothing to stand on because of our sin. And you and I, because of our sin, there is nothing, absolutely nothing we can do to explain it away, to rationalize it away, to pay it away, to, to to do enough good works to earn it, to where it goes away. There's nothing that can close the distance, that can close the gap of the sin that I have in my life or the sin that you have in your life. When we stand before in the presence of before a holy God, it's only because of Jesus that we can stand in that moment. Jesus who paid the price for us. Jesus who did for us what we could not do for ourselves. That we can stand. Before God. And in that moment when we stand before Him, we look at Jesus and we remember the cross. And it was His act of service. His act of love. That makes us right before God. Church, if you would, let's let's stand together. It's my prayer and my desire that we would become a people. Become a people that constantly and consistently put ourselves second because of Jesus. Because of what we've experienced in our life, because of what Jesus has done in our life, that we want to follow his example and follow his model, and we want to do it because of him. And here's the good news. I think this may be the love language of this church. I, I am so proud of this church because i i I get to see it maybe in more ways than a lot of you but i I get to see it over and over again that whenever there is a need whenever a need arises this church always responds you always rise to the occasion i'll never forget before we even closed in our house when we just moved here two people two people from this church came to our house cut our grass made our lawn look beautiful we never before we even could put a face with the name we felt loved by this church and that's just normal around this part these parts you love people well And what I want to call us to is to to do that even more. Because when we grow in this, we grow in Christ. When we grow in this, we grow in his love. When we grow in this, we become more like Jesus. We're never more like Christ than when we serve. So may we be a church that loves in humility through looking out for the needs of others before we look to the needs of our own. For just a moment, I want you to stand and I want you to hear our praise team, sing a song over you, maybe a new song for some of you. And I want you to listen. And uh, During this time, if, if you need prayer, if you feel like for whatever reason you're far from God, if this morning you, 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 it's just clicked with you what Jesus did for you on the cross and you want to be closer to him, we're gonna have our elders and their wives around the room and if you'd like to pray with any of them, they would love to pray with you and they may be praying for, they may be praying for people and if you want prayer, you can join them and they'll pray for you as well. But I want us to take a moment just just to reflect on the melody and the words of this song, and then we'll sing it together, of what it means and what it looks like to really love and to know the love of God.